This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 110. I'm James L. Rubard, but please call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstadt, Jr., and this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, how to make a website that's actually interesting for your uh, readers to visit. And this is something a lot of authors really struggle with because they're like, I write novels. What do I talk about on my website other than like posting the book covers to my novels? And we're going to tell you exactly how to do that. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about philosophically how to approach that. And the most important way I feel to think of your website is like the special features on a DVD. So think of your website as that companion to the story that helps accentuate it. Jim, what kind of special features do you like on a DVD when you're watching one? Well, I immediately go to the bloopers. The bloopers are fun. It makes me laugh. You you get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look and feel for who the actors are. The other thing I love is the continuity things, right? Where, okay, why did this continuity, why did continuity break here and why didn't it break there? And the other thing I love hearing about is how did this story come together? In other words, it started off as a screenplay or possibly started off as a novel. And then a group of people came together <clears throat> excuse me, to make this thing into a movie. So I really like kind of the story behind the story. Yeah, exactly. Which leads us straight into our first thing, which is uh, deleted scenes and alternate endings. So this is one of my favorite things to see on a DVD. I was like, I want to know the other ways that it could have gone or the other scenes that could have been there. Because if you really fall in love with a story, you want more of it when you're done. Right. Like I remember being so sad when Lord of the Rings ended. It's like, I want to read more. And there was no more. And Tolkien was dead. Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> it started me on my trek of reading other people's fantasy books because I was like, well, I'm not going to find more from Tolkien. So I have to start exploring other writers. And so this is something that you can put on your website is deleted scenes and alternate endings from your book. Something that makes people curious and also interesting. It's, it's the sort of thing, if, especially if you mention it, deleted scenes available on booktitle.com. Now suddenly I'm curious to go visit your website and find out more about you. Yeah, I love that idea, Thomas, because, uh, for example, the five times I met myself, I've had a number of readers write to me and say, oh, gosh, I was just I was hoping it could have ended this way. That would have been great. And I've written back and said, well, it actually did end that way. That's the way it originally ended. And then we decided to change it up. So you've kind of inspired me right now to go back and put that on my website for people that want to see how the story originally ended. Another thing that authors are looking for, the second thing that uh, people are looking for on your website is a blog. And they want the blog integrated into your website. And I will say, authors have gotten much better about this nowadays. Uh, years ago, people used to have their blog on one website and their website on a separate website. So they had a blog spot over here and then they had their website at theirname.com. You want that all together. Authors, Your readers don't want to leave to go read your blog. And also, your blog is a great place to share a lot of the things we're going to be talking about on this um, in this episode so you could post your deleted scenes as a blog post if you wanted to that's one place you could put this on your website and if you're curious we actually did a whole episode on blogs for authors episode 31 what should novelists blog about so there's more there uh, for you uh, if you're interested episode 31 novelmarketing.com slash 31 
The third thing you can do is you can put fan art. If you have readers that are really into your books, they will sometimes send you art that they have created that's original art that you can put on their website, your website, and they will love that. I had a reader once send me an original sketch, and it was really well done. It was one of my books, and there was this hand reaching out from the inside of the book and grabbing the reader around the throat. And basically she was saying, oh, my gosh, Jim, your your novel's grab the reader by the throat and, and, and don't let go. So it's not going to be a lot of your readers, but every now and then um, you'll have a reader do that. What if they're not doing it? Well, you can ask them on your blog. You can say, I would love if you've ever created anything, if one of my novels inspired you to create something, I would love to see it. And you'd be surprised at the response you're going to get from that. And once you post one, you're going to get others because there's a certain kind of reader who just, um, doodles the books that they're reading naturally and if they see oh so-and-so doodled and their doodles now on the author's website maybe i should take a photo of mine and send it in it's a lot easier now than it used to be it used to be you had to scan it and it's this huge hassle now people just take a photo of their drawing with their smartphone <laughs> and they can Boom. just send it to you uh really quickly and um readers i will say i love when i go to an author's website i love seeing fan art of their characters and their stories, especially if it's fantasy, a fantasy world. And one real quick bonus here. If you're writing fantasy, please, please, please have a high resolution version of the map of your story world, especially if you have an audiobook. There have been so many audiobooks where I really want to be able to see the map while I'm listening to the where story. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Or be able to zoom in really close and see the world. That is very exciting to me. And fantasy um, readers want to see that map. So even if you don't have the map in your book, consider putting it on your website. What's the next thing to do, Thomas? The next thing is short stories. Uh, readers love to find short stories, and these can be inside your story world. Uh, they can be with the characters from the books you've already written, or they can be stories about your own life. And you know, If you're able to write them as an interesting, compelling story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. A classic example of this is you give away a short story that takes place in between book one and book two. You post it to your website. It's only available on your website. You can also use this as a way of incentivizing people to join your email list if one of the short stories is only available um, through you know, joining the email list, but, but readers really like to find this, especially if it's with the, the characters that they already know and love. And think about your own favorite novels and what happened if there was just a little adjunct, a little side story that happened for one of your characters, you can easily do this. In fact, I did it within a book. My, my, book that came out Soulsgate, there was a regular version and then there was a Barnes and Noble special edition version. You could only get this version at Barnes and Noble. And the Barnes and Noble book buyer said, I'd love to do this. Can you come up with three additional chapters? Well, the challenge was I was about to do the next book in the series. So how do you write chapters where it doesn't influence what's coming and yet satisfies the reader? And so I had to push myself a little bit to do it, but it's not that hard to do once you dive in. So I would encourage you create those little stories about some of your favorite characters um, in your novels or when readers say, oh, my gosh, I really wonder what happened to her. Or I wonder what happened to him. Try playing with that. Also, this is a play. If your editor is like, you really got to cut chapter six, it just doesn't work in the flow of the story. You can cut chapter six, and then maybe you can retool chapter six to be a short story. So, some of the things that are left on the cutting room floor may be revivable as short stories to put on your website or deleted scenes. All right, thing number five is to answer reader questions on your blog. If you've been uh, writing novels for any period of time, I imagine you're getting the same questions 
sent to you from readers over and over again. And for every one reader who works up the courage to ask you the question, there's probably 10 more or 100 more who don't. And so a great way, and, and again, what, what do you blog about? This is one key thing. Just answer readers. So Jim, you know, he's getting all of these questions about why his book ended a certain way. Well, he could write a blog post that's the definitive answer to why his book ended that way. And we're not going to spoil why why it ended that way. But if you want to find out and you've already read the book and you're spoiler ready, you can go and read that blog post. And now you've been satisfied and you're now happy that you visited the website. Yeah, exactly. The sixth thing that we suggest is your upcoming book status. What's going on? Are you writing something new? When is it coming out? What's the progress? How are you feeling about it? Readers love to feel like, as we just said at the start of the podcast, they like to feel like they're behind the scenes. They know what's going on. And, and especially your super readers that, that love everything you come out with, to have something like that on your website where they can go, oh, it's this stage of development. Or, ooh, she's struggling with this right now. Or, oh my gosh, she's researching this. That's going to come into the book. It doesn't have to be any kind of spoiler thing, but you start to give that background on where... Uh, what's going on with the book, That that's a huge attraction for readers. And as a reader, this is totally true for me. This is one of the number one things I'm, I go to an author's website to find is what's the status of your upcoming book. We've talked about this quite a bit. In fact, it annoyed me so much that so many authors don't talk about this that I actually you know, paid my developers to make a plugin, my book progress, that's free. You can add, if you're, it's a WordPress website, you can add it to your website for free and you can, it easily adds a progress bar, but maybe the way you write, it's hard to do a progress bar. That's fine. Just every once in a while, write a blog post saying, Hey, here's where I'm at. And you know, here are the challenges I'm facing. And here's when I'm expecting the book to be done right now. And anytime you have a major milestone, like, Hey, we just finished the first draft, go ahead and write a blog post about that. And it doesn't have to be long, but just let me know, Oh, you're still making progress. Cause sometimes authors give up on their books and they never write book two. There are books where I read book one of a series and books two and three were never written. <laughs> and if I don't see updates about your book, I may start to assume that that's you. And now I'm not checking your website again. And I'm may not ever find out that book two is out and I would have bought it had I known it was still in progress. Tip number seven is email newsletter sign up. When I used to work in radio, we had what we called P1, P2, and P3 listeners. The P1 listeners were the ones that, oh my gosh, they listened to us every day. They could not wait to turn on the radio and, and hear our radio station. You have P1 readers where they want to know everything about you and they want to know that update. And we as authors, I get this. I get intimidated because it's like, oh my gosh, if I send out a newsletter, what happens if people unsubscribe. They don't want to get the newsletter anymore. Well, it's okay. They didn't, you don't want them anyway. They're not going to buy your books anyway. So let them go. But the people who are your core readers who really do want to get that newsletter, they want to know what's going on with you. And so we would encourage you on your website and on my website, on every page, you have the ability to sign up for my newsletter. Your publisher can't tell you, can't tell your fans when your next book is coming out as powerfully or as intimately as you can. So even if you're into, look, Jim, I do not want to do a bunch of newsletters. Great. Just send one out when your new book comes out. Maybe that's the only one you send out, but those P1 readers will want to know when your book is coming out. And for more on author newsletters, you can listen to episode 57 and we have a whole, we actually have a bunch of episodes on author newsletter, email newsletters, but 57 is a good place to start. It's what to include in author newsletters. 
All right, the next thing to offer on your website that people are often looking for is autographed copies of your book. So this is optional, and we should say all of these things are optional. These are things that people are coming and looking for, uh, for your website for, but that doesn't mean that you have to deliver. But this could be a way to make a little bit of extra money, uh, especially if you uh, are selling it at a premium. So I would not sell the autographed copy at the same price you're selling your normal book for. I would uh, sell it at a premium and a pretty significant premium. That way, when you're at you know an event and you're signing books and you're not charging extra for it, it feels special. But there's a certain kind of person who's willing to pay extra, you know, maybe forty or fifty dollars for a signed copy of your book, and you know, offer an opportunity for people to buy that from you on your website. Yeah, that's interesting, Thomas. I don't know if people, some people probably would pay 40 or 50 bucks, but I'm just thinking through how much would I charge for Because I have a lot of people and I have not done this on my website. So I'm just thinking about this in my own mind right now. I have a lot of people. I have people that will actually pay postage both ways. They'll have bought a copy of my book. I want you to autograph it. They'll pay the postage to get it to me and then they'll pay the postage back. So I, I definitely agree with you that there are people who want that autographed copy. I'm just not sure... How, how much to charge? That's a that's a good question. So my approach to it is you want to price it in such a way where it's aspirational and where it's rare. You want an autographed okay. copy to be something special because you don't want to be spending your time signing copies. You know, if it's an extra five bucks or ten bucks, gosh, why wouldn't I do that? And suddenly you're autographing four or five books a week. It would be much better where you're just doing it, you know, a couple times a month maybe, but you're making $40 extra copy from that and then it becomes very special and it becomes even when you hand somebody a book and you sign it it's like you're giving them a $50 thing like you're putting this premium on that autograph which uh, makes that gift more valuable okay so they realize not a lot of people have an actual signed copy of the book that's right okay um, the next thing is author commentary. So, you know, we back to the DVD metaphor we talked about at the beginning. One of the things that's really popular as a special feature on a DVD is the director's commentary. In fact, when I'll be watching a movie with my wife, uh, there's certain movies that she just loves. She's watched them, you know, half a dozen times, maybe more. And one of the times she watched it is with the director's commentary. Or she's Googled a lot of trivia about the movie. And so when we watch it together, it's kind of fun. She's giving me live director's commentary on the, it's like, oh, this actor so-and-so. And did you know that the oldest daughter in The Sound of Music had a crush on the father, which is pretty awkward in these scenes because you kind of see it in her eyes. I'm like, I had no idea. That's the sort of thing that you can add to your website. You can bring bring that kind of behind-the-scenes commentary, or you can tell people where to find Easter eggs. And Jim, I know you do a lot of hiding of Easter eggs in your uh, books. Yeah, I do. I do actually <laughs> quite a bit in every book. I probably, when I say I do quite a bit of Easter eggs, I probably have 20 or 30 Easter eggs in every one of my books. It's just very fun to do. And I have put together trivia sheets for people, but I've never gone to the point of doing commentary like you're talking about and pointing out those Easter eggs. And I think that is a wonderful idea, Thomas. I am like Margaret, where if I have a favorite movie, I love listening to the commentary of the director. And sometimes it'll be one of the lead actors commenting on as well. This is why we did this. This is why we didn't do this. We didn't have the budget to do this. We originally thought we were going to do this. I, I, I love that idea. That's really strong. The next thing is not super exciting, but it is important. Uh, 10 to 20% of people who come to your website are coming for just one thing. 
They want to follow you on social media and they're just looking for that blue Facebook button or that like whatever color the Twitter button is or Instagram or whatever it is that you use. You want the buttons to follow you on those places if you use social media to be easy to find on your website. It doesn't have to be at the top, just somewhere obvious so that if I'm wanting to find you, uh, I can do it very quickly and it will help grow your social networks. The, thir- the the 11th and final tip for things you can do to make your website attractive to readers is show them your inspiration. And what we mean by that is a lot of people listening to this podcast write historical. A lot of people write contemporary. A lot of people write fantasy. Uh, there's a, a number of different genres represented in your listeners. What if you showed the pictures that inspired you to write that particular story? What if you did a lot of the things you're probably doing on Pinterest and brought that over to your website? For example, with my first novel, Rooms, a lot of people know that's set in Cannon Beach. Well, I used to vacation there with my family every year. For eight years in a row, we went down there. So I've got all these photos of Cannon Beach that I can say, see this point in the book? This is where it actually happened. See this point in the book? This is the actual spot where it happened. That becomes very intriguing for people when they actually see the inspiration uh, behind your stories. This is also an opportunity to make a little bit of money off of your website and the next thing. So it's hard to make money off the photos, but if there were some songs that inspired you, you can link to those songs on Amazon or on Spotify. And if you're on the affiliate programs for those, you can actually make a little bit of money if somebody go, then goes on to listen to the song or, or at least to buy the song. Uh, even better with movies and books. So did these three movies inspire your you know chapter two and you're really wanting you know link to those on Amazon with an affiliate link there's uh this is a really great way to kind of subsidize uh, your your book and then of course with books you know like oh this book was my inspiration or these books were my inspiration go ahead and you know write a blog post about what inspired you and put affiliate links there you can make a little bit of extra money and it's a great service to your readers uh, because they're wanting something to read while they're waiting for your next book to come out and they're wanting to hear what you recommend you know i loved your book what's a book that's similar to your book that i would love and and you can be as totally transparent about the fact in fact you probably should be about the fact that these are affiliate links and people will buy just to support you in fact, there have been times I've, you know, I know I'm making a big Amazon purchase. I'll go to an author's website that I'm wanting to support and I'll click on an affiliate link on their website before making that Amazon purchase just to support what they're doing. Love that. This episode of the Novel Marketing Podcast has been brought to you by My Book Progress. We've already been talking about it some in this uh, episode, but I was uh, helping an author on her website a few days ago, and I saw she was using My Book Progress, and she was using the free version. And I was like, oh, I see you're using the free version. You know, Why haven't you upgraded? And she's like, free version does everything I needed to do. And I was like, yeah, we get that a lot. So My Book Progress, uh, we put perhaps too many features in the free version. There's The reasons to upgrade, you get more styles. You can make the um, progress bar look a bunch of different ways that might match your website better but we have a lot of styles in the free version as well and you can get that at mybookprogress.com you can show the progress you're making on your book it encourages you to keep writing by giving you encouragement as you input your progress every day and it helps you grow your email list so that people can know when your book is ready to buy 
And one last thing, we now have an, a novel marketing newsletter. So if you come to our website, Novel Marketing, we're finally practicing what we preach when it comes to email <laughs> newsletters. We'll talk about this more in future episodes. We're going crazy, folks. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're making upgrades to the website, and I encourage you to check that out, novelmarketing.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's pretty exciting, and we'll have more on that soon. You've been listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast with Thomas Umstead Jr. and James L. Rubart, giving you novel marketing ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing, online, offline, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.